Okay, I'm back. Welcome welcome to another episode. This is the 45th episode. Thank you guys for hanging in and sticking in there and guys keep clicking. I want to discuss I want to discuss the Chargers and then Raider the Chargers and Raiders game that took place last night. I have some I have a couple takes from that. Um maybe we get into some Brown maybe we get into the Browns a little bit more. Um Tua and Alabama LSU. We will talk about that and discuss more around that. So let's go, guys. Let's go. Okay, so Chargers at Raiders for the last time at Oakland at the Oakland Coliseum. This is a good game, as I predicted. This is going to be a good a good game, a good matchup. Both teams had similar records. Uh, the Raiders advanced to five and four with the twenty six to twenty four win against the Chargers. Great, good, good win for the Oakland Raiders. And let's just start right there. Um, the Oakland Raiders. If you guys recall back during the summertime, during before the season started, all throughout preseason, I was very critical of the Raiders. I was um, critical of Mike Mayock, the GM, and critical of John Gruden, the head coach. Um, I've I've been critical of John Gruden ever since he's gotten the job because I was like, uh. I don't know how this hire makes sense for 10 years and he's he's been around he's left the game and haven't coached the game in 10 years and he has such a TV personality now. And the same thing could be said about Mike Mayock when he first got the GM job for the Raiders. I was questioning the experience or the lack of experience that he did not have. Um I I I had questions about that, rightfully so though. Uh, I thought he was a little too technical because that was his job at NFL Network when he was breaking down college players going into the NFL. That was his job, to be technical, and I thought he was a little bit too technical. But both of their gifts, John Gruden's and Mike Mayock's, it's paying off for the Raiders. It's paying off for the Raiders' success. Um, And now the Raiders are 5-4, and and they find themselves in the AFC playoff picture. Um, certainly surprised me. Uh, I was down on the Raiders and skeptical of the Raiders during preseason and the offseason due to the fact that they, the moves that they made, um, you, you know, some last year, they, we all know they got, they traded away Khalil Mack. First, they traded away Khalil Mack. Khalil Mack is, was by far their best player on their roster for a couple first round picks. They traded him away. They also got rid of probably their best offensive player in Amari Cooper last year. Uh, 
of two first round picks. And to be honest, it's kind of worked. Um, I was skeptical of these moves. Um, but before I get into that, those before I get into the success of those trades, I want to also the free agent signings that the Raiders had this year and the draft picks that they made this year. Great, they did the Ra- the Raiders. John Gruden, Mike Mayock did so. They did an awesome job in the draft this year. I gotta admit it, they did an awesome job in the draft. I was questioning the picks, some of the picks, but they did an awesome job in the draft. Also. Got a right tackle in, in, in Trent Brown. I thought, the initial thought was, hey, I think, I, my thought was, hey, I think they overpaid for this guy. I didn't, Trent Brown was not, he was definitely not the best tackle in the league. So I thought they overpaid for the guy. They spent a lot of money. They, they're really big up front. They spent a lot of money. This Raiders team is very interesting to watch. It's, it, it's, it's, it's so much like John Gruden. It's so much like John Gruden. Um, and then they acquired, of course, Antonio Brown, probably the splash signing or trade acquisition of the of the NFL offseason. Uh, they they acquired him, but the Raiders' outlook was basically they were basically saying, "Hey, we want high character guys. We don't want the stars." Well, they went out and got Richie Incognito and <laughs> Antonio Brown, two guys who are stars in this league. Or were stars in this league, um, age a little bit, and Rich and Rich and Richie's in Carnito's case, he's aged is a little bit older on the downside, and they both come with a little bit of baggage. A, a- B comes with a lot of baggage. Let me, say, not, let me let me not say a little bit. They come with he comes with a lot of baggage. So it was basically they basically the, their their free agent signings or acquisitions as far as Antonio Brown and Richie Incognito, really it it it, it didn't. It didn't make sense to. It didn't add up and line up with they were saying that they the type of guys that they wanted on their team. It did not add up. But at this point, you got a the Raiders got a second round pick, a third round pick, and a sixth round pick for Cleo Mack. These picks have worked out, and that's all my thing is. You can have picks. You can have a bevy of picks, but if you do not pick the right guy. Those picks and all this value that the picks may hold does not it, it, it doesn't make sense and it's it, it's all for nothing if you don't make the correct pick. If you do not make the correct pick, you cannot keep telling me, "Hey, I got a boatload of picks." That's what the Celtics were doing for years. They, I mean, they the the, the NBA insiders used to kill me when when any trade discussions came up and the Celtics were involved. They, the, the NBA insiders used to kill me when they used to mention, oh, the Celtics have a boatload of picks. They have a boatload of picks. Who gives a damn if they're not using them or trading them or not picking the right guys with them? Like, it does not matter how many picks you have. But in the Raiders situation, in case, John Gruden, he made the right picks. He made the correct picks. He made the correct picks. And I, I, I'm... I, you know, I, I I could admit that I I was wrong about this Raider team. I was wrong about how their season's gonna go. I was wrong and what direction they were moving in. I was totally wrong. I was totally wrong. The John Gruden has proved me wrong, and John Gruden is a good guy. He's a good coach at this. 
He's he's really good at building a brand. John Gruden has his own brand. Chucky, he has his own brand. Monday Night Football, he has his own brand. The quarterback camps that he was doing a few years back. He, he, he has developed his own brand. And now he's helping. He's helping with the Raiders moving to Vegas next year. He is now helping the Raiders bringing they're bringing they're bringing the swagger back to the Raiders. You know, I was I was uh, I was talking. Well, I was watching the game, or I was I, I forgot what I was doing, but I was watching the game, and my mom my mom brung up the Raiders, and she was like, "They don't talk about the Raiders no more." I was like, "Yeah, they're not really good anymore. They're not as good as they used to be." Because even people like that know that the Raiders have a brand. The Raiders stood for something. And now it's kind of like they're getting their mantra back. They're get, the, the Raiders are getting their swagger back. They're getting their swagger back. Because I don't find that by coincidence that somebody, doesn't, that, that somebody that doesn't even watch sports said, hey, they don't even talk about the Raiders like that no more. They don't talk about the Raiders like that. And I was like, yeah, because they're not what they used to be. They're not like Super Bowl contenders. 80s, 70s, the Raiders were Super Bowl contenders. The Raiders were popular. But John Gruden, slowly but surely, it is happening pretty expediently. He's bringing the Raider mantra back. He's bringing the Raider way back. He's bringing the renegade Raiders back. Though the, those days of the Raider fans in the eighties and seventies, where they enjoyed all that success, all that success, it's coming back to fruition with John Gruden. He, I mean, this team is so exciting to watch. They're, I mean, they're kind of must see. They're they're must see TV to be honest. This I mean, these Raiders are nice. Defense is okay. I mean, it's 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 a little average, below average, near below average, but it's still developing. It's young, but they they forced three turnovers last night against the Chargers. So I just love the route John Gooden's going. And let's just, I, I just want to break one last thing about the Raiders down. Right, one last thing before it be too long. The Raiders traded. Okay, we all know the Raiders traded away Khalil Mack, their best by far, by you know by far their best defensive player on their team by far, the best player on their team. Trade him away to the Bears. Now that you look at that trade, like let me let me just let me just put this in perspective and show you how strange this league is. And how this league works. Now. Raiders trade Cleo Mack to the Bears. We all know the Bears defense is really good. But the Bears. Weak point is their offense. And mainly at the quarterback position. Now. If you take away Cleo Mack. And put Derek Carr on the Bears. Bears still have a great defense, even with or without Khalil Mack. Now, Khalil Mack does take it to the next level, but it is still a really good defense without Khalil Mack. 
Now, if you add Derek Carr, who's playing really well this year, really efficient, high complete percentage, he's doing. He's playing a hell. Of, he's had. He's having a hell of a season. Now, if you put Derek Carr in Mitch Trubisky place, you telling me the Bears don't get better? You telling me the Bears don't get better? And that and with that defense and with a quarterback like Derek Carr, I'm not saying that Derek Carr is a great quarterback, but I'm just showing you how the league works. You think the Bears would be so much better? What are they three and six right now? If they had a Derek, if they had Derek Carr at the quarterback position, and you take away Khalil Mack, their defense would still be good. And the Bears would be like instead of. Three and six, probably six and three. Like, <laughs> but if you put Mitch Trubisky and Khalil Mack on the Raiders, they're not as good as they are right now. They'll probably be a little bit better defensively, but they're not. They're not as good as they are right now. And you see Trubisky and Khalil. You see Khalil Mack with the defense, great defense, but I mean, a great defense can only hold up but so long. It can only hold up but so long, and the defense is going to be looking for the offense to make plays, score some points, give us a break. Can you carry the load one day? Just, just I'm just trying to put it, put things in perspective to show you how Khalil Mack is a great player. He's a hell of a player. Behind Aaron Donald, he's probably the second best defensive player in football. But it just shows you how valuable he is. A B, uh, uh, I consider Derek Carr a B quarterback. When he's playing like this, the Derek Carr that we're seeing this year, he's a B quarterback. This is the Derek Carr that we saw a couple years back before he broke his leg and the, the, before the bad leg injury. That, this, is the, this is somewhat similar to the Derek Carr we saw that year. Quarterbacks of this caliber in this league is much more viable than a Khalil Mack, even though Khalil Mack is the second best player, arguably the best player, defensive player in football. A quarterback of this caliber means more to a team. That it certainly means more to a team. Khalil Mack, defense is great. Chicago defense is great. No playoff wins. Three wins so far this year. And they don't look like they're going to make the playoffs this year. You put Derek Carr in that Chicago team with that defense, so much better. So much better. Now, let's go on to the Chargers. Now, I'm giving you guys what don't win in this league. I'm going to continue my trend. Nostalgia. Nostalgia does not win in this league. Nostalgia does not win in this league. I'm sorry. It, it just doesn't. And I hope the Chargers do not start to develop this. Nostalgia. I know it's a tough situation to talk about it. It's the elephant in the room. Yes, it is. It's certainly, it's certainly the elephant in the room. And I'm not saying you got to do it this year. But hell, the Chargers are moving to L.A. I mean, they already are in L.A., but they are moving to the new stadium. 
And this specific player has made it really clear. He's made it real clear that he does not want to move him or his family to Los Angeles. The Chargers, GM, front office have a tough decision to make. I mean, let me not do it like that. Let me not put it like that. It's not a tough decision to make, but it's going to be a hard it's going to be a decision that's going to be hard for them. Philip Rivers. Philip Rivers is a good quarterback. I still think he can play in this league. But Oh, first of all, did you see the last two minutes? Did you see the last drive, the two-minute drive that Phillip Rivers had eight plays and no yards, didn't move the ball? With all those weapons that the Chargers have, he didn't move the ball a yard. It ain't, I mean, the, the, Aaron throw, the Aaron throws where he threw three picks, he was lucky that he threw three, only three. I mean, I counted about possibly like five that he could have thrown. He lucky, he's lucky that he threw three. I counted about five that he could have thrown. He, I, thought, I, I, I counted. I was like, this, I mean, whew. Philip Rivers is really lucky that he did not have a five-pick interception day. Slow old quarterback, non-athletic. I don't know if Lamar Jackson is going to be the next Colin Kaepernick where he works for a couple years, you see success for a couple years, and it gets played out. I don't know if he's going to do that. But what I do know is there is a new set trend and wave of quarterback talent that you need in this league. And Phillip Rivers, at this point, does not fit that. He does not fit that. Slow, unathletic, older quarterback. Behind a average O-line. Because the Chargers, let's be honest... They 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 have they have a nice roster. This roster is really solid. Got two good pass rushers. You have two good DBs. You have one of the best safeties, if not the best safety in the league. You got a nice Melvin. You got a nice running back of Melvin Gordon. Gordon, for now. You got a nice number one target in Keenan Allen. You got another number two target in, in Mike Williams. And you got a nice tight end in Hunter Henry. So this Chargers team is really talented. And it's it's ready. But. But. Are they developing nostalgia? Are they developing nostalgia? Because nostalgia does not win in this league. And when it's time to move on. It's time to move on. So, Chargers front office, take a deep breath. Take a deep breath. Because I know that can be very difficult. Philip Rivers is a guy that's been there for 16 years. He's been your starter for 14 years. 
He's held you down. You're seeing a lot of ups and downs with him. Hasn't gotten you to the Super Bowl, but you've seen a lot of success, a lot of wins. Maybe it's time to move on. I think the Chargers are like the NFC, the AFC version of the Giants. Old and athletic quarterback who's aging. And he's not aging gracefully. He's aging. And we all can see it. It's the elephant and it's the elephant in the room. What do you do? What do you do if you're the Chargers? I know if I'm the Chargers for no, I know what I'm doing. Next two years, this year, next year, quarterback heavy draft. We're four and six. Phillip has made it clear he does not want to move to LA. May look to explore and explore him and draft a young guy in the draft and start from there. Because quarterback heavy draft. It's not like you can rebuild and pay and give a lot of money and flush a lot of money to your O-line because you have to pay in other areas because you're so good where you have good skill position guys. You have to pay those guys in, in different areas. So you can't necessarily focus on your offensive line. Maybe it's time. Maybe it's time to move on. Nostalgia does not win in this league. It was time for the Giants to move on off of Eli. Even after two Super Bowls and a lot of wins and a lot of starts, consecutive starts. But at some point, you got to be like, hey, it's not working. It's not working. Bad throws, unathletic interceptions. Through three should have been like five or six. Chargers got to answer a lot of questions, and not a lot of questions, but they got to do some deep thinking about this one big question. And it's gonna take a lot. It's gonna hurt, but you got to do it. You can't develop nostalgia because nostalgia does not win in this league. See you guys in the next segment. <clears throat> Okay, so I'm back on this wonderful Friday. I'm back on this wonderful Friday. I talked about, I gave you guys Raiders and Chargers. Now on to Saturday. I want to give you guys my LSU and Alabama pick and prediction. Um, I, I think it's going to be a good game. I think it's going to be a good game. But I, I'm going with LSU. And even though LSU, uh, they have the healthier squad. Uh, they're clicking on all cylinders. Some might think that LSU is the more complete team. Alabama does come in here as a six-point favorite. But I'm going to take LSU and the points. I'm going to take LSU. Um, I think it's going to be a, I think LSU is going to put up a lot of points on this Alabama's defense. This Alabama defense tends to play a heavy, a heavy bunch of man, um, bunch with zone, uh, which which can 
disguise most quarterbacks. But once again, Joe Burrow, I don't think Joe Burrow is just like any other quarterback. He's not like most quarterbacks. Joe Burrow, I mean, depending on how he plays and how he look, he may rise up. My my draft stock, his draft stock, in my mind, um, I think the kid is pretty good. Um, they've LSU has beaten some top. They when they've beaten those opponents, they've beaten. T- Three top ten opponents this year so far. So I like what LSU is about, and I like what they do finally offensively. Uh, they've always had the talent somewhat um, on the offense, just not the right scheme. Uh, the the scheme that they have often put together if and and put on the field hasn't generated enough points where they can beat Alabama. But I feel that is different this year. Um, like I said, Alabama secondary, they play a mix of man and zone. That means Joe Burrow's going to make tight NFL window throws, but he can do that. He can do that because I've seen him done it, do it before. He he that's all that's the, those are the type of throws that I love to see quarter, college quarterbacks make. So I have LSU winning this game. I'm going to have them winning this game 45-31. 45-31 LSU. I think LSU can generate a couple stops. I think LSU will be physical to start off with with Tua in the ankle to see what he can do in that ankle. Because you can't simulate. No matter how much you train, how many reps you do, practice, you really can't simulate in-game speed, 300-pound lineman coming at you full speed, full throttle. You cannot simulate that. So I think with Tua missing three weeks, with him not being in the flow of the game, I think it would take him some time to get adjusted. And I think LSU would be physical. And they'll they, start off physical. And I think they'll it, wear Tua down. And I think LSU, that will lead to LSU defense generating enough stops. So I have LSU in this game, 45-31. 45-31 LSU Tigers. I'm going with the Tigers. Um... Thank you guys for listening to another podcast, another podcast episode. Um, at the, I will be back the next episode to give you my NFL week not week eleven, week ten, pick, week eleven. I think it's week eleven, week eleven picks, week ten picks, whatever. Uh, I I I will be back for my week ten picks this week. Um, my predictions. Be on the lookout for that. But until then, see you guys later. Um, Thank you for listening once again. Don't want to really hold you guys up on this beautiful Friday. And I'm out, y'all.